Hello and welcome to the Brick Cave Blitz, the show where we talk about football, break down the goings and comings and comings and goings. I'm your host as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Joining me as always... Yeah, I confused you this time, didn't I? Because I normally say a bits and pieces and you kind of jump in early and now I've jumped in to cover you. <laughs> Bamboozled. Smith, uh, which is at DRS underscore nineteen ninety four on Instagram and Instagram only. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Cave Blitz on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, week twelve, week eleven's come and gone. We've said adieu. Um, and the most important thing about this week, week twelve, is that it's Thanksgiving over in the United of States. Um. So that means extra Thursday football. Woohoo! Uh, we've got three games on Thursday, followed by a load of games in the regular windows of Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, because time differences. I don't know why my brain froze on the word Tuesday then. That doesn't um, bode well for this episode. <clears throat> Cool, cool, cool. Um, right, let's kick it off uh, with the Thursday games. So over here in the UK, this one kicks off at 5.30pm, kicks off in the morning over in the United States. Um, we are talking the Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. Um, both coming off of wins, he says question marking lit but that's a spoiler uh, Lions doing surprisingly well like on a three game um, streak of some kind um, but are they going to be able to do this one is this is this going to be a game that they're going to be able to go in and have a chance at or is it going to be a Bills kind of decimation of them uh, to answer your question are they going to be able to do this no um, I don't like um, as as one of the teams that like have been putting up the most points this season. I don't think this is one of those teams that they'll be able to do that against. Mm-hmm. And their defense just lets way too many points pass, which the Bills will just easily take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I will say is obviously that the Lions, uh, with them putting up those points, have to leading touchdown scorer on their team this year at the moment yeah good old Jamal Williams love him I love him yeah banged in so many he's he's the he's he's so great um one thing I found surprising was like he's got more touchdowns than Justin Jefferson which when you think about like that Vikings offense I didn't think was possible a lot, a lot of it's been like spread out between him and Dalvin Cook though, yeah yeah, yeah. Season. that might be why yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but I mean, Jamal Williams is he is he going to be the reason that the Bills struggle in this game? If if they do struggle at all, or can we just uh, are you dead set on you know Bills fully outscoring and dominating this game? Well, I think uh, I'm, I'm or I'm, I am dead set on them winning and outscoring on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, but. If if there was an issue 
against the Lions, obviously it would be the Lions run game, which is their main form of offense, and for some reason the Bills run defense has been lacking a bit the past few weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think not. it wouldn't just be Jamal Williams, but it would be the uh, running backs and halfbacks all together, because I know they switch them out to keep them fresh quite um, well on this team. So Yeah, yeah. If there was going to be an issue, it would be that unit. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Um, Bills so offensively, what are we thinking? Uh, been a bit stop-start stuttery. Like, do you think they'll get it back into form for the end of the season, or are we going to see a slow decline from them? I'm hoping we don't see a decline. I'm yeah. hoping it you know, stays at the level we think they should be at. Um, the one thing I would think they would, may have an issue with is going into this game going in a bit big headed and underestimate the Lions and that be their letdown of just like forcing things that shouldn't really go ahead and then it ends up being a mistake and costing them I feel like that that would be the one thing that might fuck them over in this game yeah okay but I think like compared to the lines where they focus on the rushing, the Bills have like this all-round offensive unit where they're pretty decent on everything. Obviously, Stefan Diggs will be a main target, but if the Lions' defense have proved anything this year, it's just that they can't um, mark people well. Okay. For them, I should say. Fair enough. There you go. Well explained. I'm completely on board. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Bills are going to take it. Um, Funnily enough, this is happening at Ford Field again, the home of the Lions. So the Bills are playing in the stadium two weeks in a row. So I wonder if anybody actually left Buffalo, uh, left to go home to Buffalo and come back. Moving on to the second of the three Thursday games, we got the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm I'm very interested by this game. Very interested by this game because we saw a dominant performance by the Cowboys, um, especially their defense, and the Giants' offense has been getting slowly slowly worse as the season gets on like Saquon Barkley's not been able to do as much uh, recently um, and Daniel Jones has not been very good at finding uh, his receivers so so much um, and this defense you know, say just ran over um, everything about it so I'm just wondering what do we think and I mean, this is the team that, you know, struggled against that Lions defense. So making that Lions defense look good. What are we expecting to see out of this uh, Giants offense and defense? I'm expecting the Giants to definitely uh, push for more reps from uh, Barkley. Okay. I think the may look kind of desperate in it and uh, maybe a bit too forceful with how much I, I feel uh, how much they'll probably end up using him yeah you think he's gonna get uh, like a high amount of catches uh, sorry carries but low yardage possibly yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, if he if he's going in, you know, for for rushing attempts, I think he'll have a a lot of attempts, not great numbers uh, wise for the actual yardage itself. Mm. He may be one of those. It may be one of those weeks where he might end up doing better in as in the receiving game. Okay. Okay. Um, but like you said, that Daniel Jones hasn't really been uh, great at finding targets these past couple of weeks. So yeah, every yeah. everything's really up in the air for that team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then Dallas coming in. What do you what are you seeing from them? To be fair, I, I see a lot of them using again, like they have been uh, CD Lamb mm-hmm. and uh, Pollard. Because not only did they use him in the running game last week, mm-hmm. he also used him, I think they used him in the receiving game for two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so that <clears throat> they've got their two like all stars that I'm pretty sure could beat this Giants defense if they're able to find them. So I don't see that being a problem for them at all. All right, so. I'm calling a, a Dallas win. Are you going for that as well? Yeah, I, w- I would think that Dallas would win this. It, even if they just edge them out. Mm. But I would think that this is more in Dallas's court. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially being with the da- Dallas fans at home. I think, yeah, we've got a yeah, yeah. easy victory. Alright, and then the last of the Thanksgiving games... Uh, we see the New England Patriots going to Minnesota. Um, oh, this this one's a this one's a difficult one for me to 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 predict sort of thing because Minnesota have looked good all year, but then had like one of the worst offensive performances we could have ever seen. You know, like their O line just let uh, Dallas through. And then their defense just couldn't really do anything um, against those of the, the Cowboys, as we said. Um, do you think Bill yeah. Belichick's up to the job of, of of kind of recreating that performance? If I'm honest, I don't think he is. Okay. Um, I know he'll have enough up his sleeve to put up a fight, uh, but it's it's one of them like. It just seems like last week was an off week for the Vikings. Yeah. Um, because nothing worked. It wasn't just like, oh, they just couldn't find Jefferson. Absolutely nothing worked for them, even the run game last week. Yeah. I don't know what, what it was. Um, I don't know if it's like the offensive line fa- failing. Um, so then the defence just had an easy run of it. But yeah, um, it just seems a very off week. Cause it's not, not something where there's like something really specific, like one person is specifically injured, so... That's what's ruining their game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think Belichick, if they're on form, has enough to stop them. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's one of them, like, just, yeah, just, just as how they've gone this season, I don't think he's got enough to stop them. If they have a repeat of last week, yeah, of course, they'll fucking mull them over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I'm kind of saying that this is more of a you know defensive game than anything else. Like I'm looking at this this Patriots defense 
if they can win the game, if that defense can win the game, sorry, if that defense can win, they can win the game for them. Because um, it does, it wouldn't take a lot of points from the, the New England offense to actually uh, go from there. Yeah, definitely. So, not a prediction game, but with, are you going with the Vikings then? Yeah, I would go with the Vikings for this one. That's fair, that's fair. I'm leaning more towards the Patriots. Um, just because I think uh, Dallas might have left the blueprint for how to beat this team. And as I say, Belichick is just one of those super intelligent coaches that I think he's going to implement everything in the right direction to do it but again. Even if they've left the, the blueprint, does, does Belichick have the actual correct pieces to repeat that blueprint for himself? Not exactly. Not exactly. Um, but I think he's such a... When you, whenever I've thought of the Patriots, I've never thought about like the big names on defense, so to speak, on how the defense is going to win it. I've always thought of how well coached that defense is to follow a game plan. So, you know, when I'm thinking of this Patriots defense, I'm thinking, like, no matter who they've actually got on personnel, Belichick's such a good coach, he'll be able to get a good performance out of them. And he'll be able to say, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow this game plan. We're going to do this, this, and this. And he'll be, you know, within a couple of hours of training this defense and what he wants and expects from them, they'll they'll have enough of a blueprint to go. I mean, I completely agree with that. I just, uh, in my eyes, if the Vikings are on the farm that they have been this season, I don't think he has the pieces to beat that. Yeah, um, yeah. As 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 well as and as smart as he may uh, place them, it's like um, having a chess match against somebody with an actual gun. <laughs> like he's Fair placing enough. them in all the correct places, but they've just got the weapons and they're just blowing shit up. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Not going to completely disagree with that, but yeah, we'll see how it goes <laughs> in the game. Um, but that's Thanksgiving wrapped up. Are you doing anything for Thanksgiving? Um, n- no. Oh, okay. Day is it Thursday? No. Good segment. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the Sunday game. Um, first up, we have got the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Um, two absolute disappointing teams coming into this week. Um, I just saw like on the NFL website, it says the last meeting was the Denver Broncos 32 beating the Carolina Panthers who scored 27 I don't think we're going to get that high of a score sheet Um, I think we'd be lucky to see this game get out of the teens Um, between the Broncos stuttering offense and the the Carolina quarterback issues Um, and as far as I'm aware it's uh, Sam Darnold starting for the Panthers Okay. This time, I'm sure that's what was reported. Yeah, just deciding to see who's come back from injury and what they can do then. 
Yeah, so, yeah, he's starting uh, on so it's sat- Sunday. This one. Sunday it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I I don't know if Sam Donald's the guy. A. Um, I also don't know whether it'll make much of a difference whatsoever what this Carolina team do to actually you know try and fix it I think they are just like in a rut and are going to be unable to get out of it mm-hmm. um, I don't know much to say about this other than yeah obviously I don't think the offense is going to fire I expect to see quite a few punts or like you know turnovers that lead to nothing so I'm expecting a Broncos win, but like by about three or four points. Yeah, I I do agree. I, this will be the uh, the game of the massive punts. <laughs> a matchup of punts. Bunch of punts on both teams. Yeah. Step yeah. right up <laughs> to see the match of the century. Punt on punt. <laughs> we got I mean, punts sorry, on punts on punts. But uh, yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Punts there. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, just because uh, obviously your uh, curse in effect. Mm-hmm. Who would you expect to win that? I'm saying Broncos. Um, I I think they're just. They're the least shit out of the two teams, um, you know. They've they've got massive potential. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think because it wasn't a prediction game, I was able to call the Ravens, and it was fine. I think I say the Carolina curse only is in effect with prediction games. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah. Alright, moving on to the next of the Sunday games. We are talking about Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Cleveland in what might be Jacoby Brissett's last game as a starter. Um, He needs to really pull some tricks out of the bag, I think, to take on Carolina. uh, Take on Carolina. Take on Tampa Bay. Um, Because the Bucs seem to be switching something on this season yeah um, they're up against the divorcee rage you said it not me um, <laughs> but yeah he's uh, Tom Brady's found something he's he's actually rallying this team um, and I think you know the likes of Fournette seem to be stepping up um, so question to yourself is the Browns run game and you know offensive weapons like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper is that going to be enough to outscore the Tampa Bay Bucks or do you think it's going to come down to their defense needing to step up big time for them I think if any of Sorry, I got a hiccup then. Um, if any of them are going to put up enough points to outscore the Bucks, it will 
alone be Nick Chubb. People okay. Jones and Amari Cooper might be able to get them close to like in the red zone, but Nick Chubb will always be the one finishing it off. And it will definitely be the one moving the sticks. Okay. Okay. Most of the time. I, I think that for them their offense this game relies pretty much solely on him and if they are still like swapping them out quite regularly to keep them fresh, Kareem Hunt as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean that 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 running back tandem is definitely going to be the difference maker for a lot of this. Um the ground and pound sort of style of it. Um I don't disagree with you absolutely. Um but what are you seeing out of Tampa Bay? Obviously, they're on a bit of a hot streak right now. Um, are they going to take this hot streak to the end? Do you think? Possibly. I still think. I still like every time I see the the current playoff picture. I think it could, because of how their season started, it's really weird to me that they're like still existing in that playoff picture and like quite high within it. Yeah. Um, but like you said. Something's clearly switched, even if it's just like a switch of them actually getting the completions yeah. rather than fucking things up. They're actually just, you know, playing smart and safe and just getting the completions to get the yards and get the, uh, the points in. It's working for them. Um, I don't I don't think they're doing anything special because like said, even when they're winning, it's not like, it's not as if it's exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think they are literally just going in playing boring but safe and that's unfortunately what's winning it for them yeah um, I might have a look in, in the next week or two to see like <clears throat> the stats on penalties given away and stuff like that because that, that could be a factor in them if they're, they're playing you know uh, safe and smart and they're giving away less penalties away that's another thing that will be helping them win yeah weird i haven't actually looked at the playoff picture at all just yet because i normally wait until about week 14 when things have like actually shaken themselves out i just it just pops up all the time yeah yeah funniest part to me is no matter what happens the bears are 16th like packers suck this this season um but the Bears are still lost, so that makes me a little bit happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, let's quick. So, yeah, Tampa Bay on the uh, NFC side is in fourth. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's say that NFC South division can let anybody in. Yeah. Like, it, I think, you could I think sneeze that, and accidentally have Carolina in there. That that's a reason that's like really weird to me that they're five they're five and five but fourth in the playoff picture. Yeah. Whereas Dallas and the Giants are both seven and three but yeah. five and six. Yeah. Like there's teams with better records that are below them, and I, I know that's because of the uh, actual divisional wins. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what uh, weirds me out every time I see it. Well, I say it's it's the winners of the divisions get the one, three, four seed, and all the rest. Like this is why the NFC East for the longest time, you know, it was like if you can just win that division with like you know the shittest record ever. As long as you win the division, you go into the playoffs, and then you've got another game to go. Like yeah, true. it is, yeah, it's a bit of a joke. I like 
that's the thing. The, this this year's NFC South is so reminiscent of like five years ago NFC East because they was just like a, not a good team in that division. Like you know the, the Buccaneers are coming back through it, but like Carolina, yeah, like the Falcons, yeah, like yeah, it's just not a good not a good division this year. I like as well, like apart from obviously the commanders. Um, when we were doing the stats episode off season, mm-hmm. obviously the nickname for these and what we called the episode title was the NFC Least. But their, their division is like the most dominant division. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. Season. Yeah, it's it's the division where literally, like people don't want to play this division at this moment in time. Like. You got the, the 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 giants in there, which is like okay, but yeah, the cowboys, the eagles, hot damn, yeah. All right, so you're saying Tampa Bay is gonna win over Cleveland to go to six and five. I've I've got a hard. I I think it'd be a hard job to argue otherwise. I think uh, yeah, this Cleveland team is not set up. Um, to win this game, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I think we'll see another Tampa Bay win. Yeah, especially like with, with, with what's going to happen um, in the QB position. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think we see one of the best performances out of Jacoby because he's going to be putting some tape together to take to other teams, maybe the likes of Carolina to try and get a job there. Maybe. I mean, as far as I'm aware, they've only filled, what, five of 18 spots they have available in the QB position? Yeah, to be fair, I think they are a bit short on the ground. Um, <laughs> so maybe they'll be looking to, to kind of go from there. I mean, if you want to talk about short on the ground, that, that's easily the Cardinals. <laughs> Height jokes! Um <laughs> Next game, we are talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, <coughs> Ravens at the Jags. Is it Ravens at the Jags? Sorry, yes. my the NFL websites decided to crash a little bit and just not show me the teams at the top. So I've just got like the game information, the ticket screen, highlights reel, and whatnot. So... Yeah, it's just decided to cut that information out for me. I knew it was those two teams, just didn't know in which order. <laughs> um, Baltimore coming off that stuttering week. And, you know, the the Jags just not looking that much better. Uh, they were on bye week last week, weren't they? Uh, let me fucking check. No idea, it's not let me see. Yes, Jacksonville's on bye in week 11. Um, so they're coming back a little bit more refreshed. Do you think that a refreshed Jags team can go and beat the Baltimore Ravens? Or is, are the, the Ravens going to kick their own ass after that week and, uh, and be able to put up points and go? I don't think Jacksonville can beat them on their own. Um, you need to get another team involved. Well, 
Yeah, well, they, they need to get the uh, Raven's own fuck-ups on their side as well. Right. Um, because for some reason in the end, in the red zone, they seem quite panicky when they get there. Yeah. So I don't know if that will let them down and they just like are unable to put up as many points as they should usually be able to put up. Maybe it'll just be a um, Justin Tucker week where maybe like every score apart from one or two is a Justin Tucker score. Yeah. Um, but I definitely still think that they, they'll be able to outscore the Jags quite uh, quite efficiently and easily. So when I'm thinking about Baltimore, obviously think about that run game and whatnot, but the main target for Lamar Jackson in my head is Mark Andrews. Now he came back from injury last week and had a slower introduction to back into football than I thought. Is he going to be able to have a little breakout game this time and, and help him move down the field for, as you say, the Justin Tucker show? Or is he going to have another quiet week, do you think? I think he'll, he'll still have another quiet week. Um, it may... Oh, I'm kind of hoping, uh, but I'm thinking that they might like just split up the targets a bit and like uh, maybe focus on Duvernay and such. Yeah. Um if he's still in, I don't know if he's looking injured or not. I've not checked about that. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm hoping they took sort of the initiative from other teams, like say the Bills and the Chiefs and such, who are mixing and matching their receiving yeah. their core rather than just focusing on that one, especially if they're coming from in, back from injury. Um, See, this is my concern with Lamar Jackson as the Ravens guy. He doesn't seem to be able to spread it out as much. Like, I never see him with, like, like 17, 18 completions to six or seven different targets. There's always normally, like, three. Um, and the others are, like, all run game potential side of stuff. Is that going to be a detriment to him? It, you know, trying to get into the playoffs, do you think? Possibly. Um, because... This team's less less focused on the wide wide receiver position than most because they've mm-hmm. only got five and one of them's currently on injured reserve. Yeah. Whereas they've got four tight ends and I'm pretty sure quite a few of their plays are designed to have three tight ends on the field at once. Yeah. So it's more of a <clears throat> short pass complete try and power an extra one or two yards yeah. over somebody type thing, um, and I guess just. With that, that safety in Mark Andrews, it's just his first focus, and he just goes on instinct and goes for it as fast as possible. Yeah, uh, I will say at the moment, apparently Jackson is down as questionable. Oh, so we could Obviously, see uh, Huntley. N- yeah, nothing's been announced yet, but it, if that's down as questionable, there is a possibility we we have Tyler uh, Huntley in this game. Yep. Does that change anything for you, or do you still think, no matter who the uh, Ravens have under centre, that they'll be able to beat Jacksonville? I think the Ravens have the more complete team. Mm-hmm. So, even though he's like the main position, um, I don't think it's going to do too much to their offence. Because it, even if it is just relying on him, I think they'll just focus more on... Not like... Um, just on the run, but more on the run than usual when Jackson's in it. So, like, hand it off to Kenyon Drake, okay, um, or something like that. 
Okay, okay, okay. Fantastic. So you're saying Ravens win. I'm going to be hard-pressed to say anything else. Um, yeah, the Ravens do look a good team. I think they'll bounce back from that stuttering performance in Week 11 um, and give us a, a good showing. All right, moving on to our next game. We've got the Houston Texans going down to Miami. 7-3 and three Miami Dolphins versus the 1-8-1 one, and one Houston Texans. Um, oh, I wonder who's going to win there. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a lopsided one on this. Um, just just to highlight, on the NFL website, the normally they have like a bar graph of who's got what, and it's kind of like a nice little even peak. With the Texans, they are like all short stubby little bars like they got a 32nd so no bar at all 28th 27th and 29th they are a pretty crap team right now um other than davis mills and damian pierce and potentially burkhead is there anybody on this team you a know of and b would say this is this could be a guy that puts in a good game and gets recognised out of this, this, you know, potentially devastating loss for the Texans. So, uh, no to the having, you know, a recognisable game of being like, this is a breakout, but yeah. I know that, obviously, Mills is... Main target is Brandon Cooks, and yeah. obviously the runner is Damian Pierce. Um, I think because of Cooks being that uh, wide receiver one and being such a high target for Mills did see in the last game quite a few times he was targeted it was in quotations easy pickings for the defense yeah um so i guess when it when it comes to their sort of options they're quite predictable and unfortunately that negates how well they can do on offense with them yeah yeah Dolphins not having an, an amazing offense, but you know, still still enough to to win them games occasionally. Um, yeah. Do and you have, think? Sorry, you go they, for it. They have two of the top five receivers. Yeah. This season. Yeah. Um, and then not to mention they have two decent running backs. Yeah. Uh, a decent tight end. In uh, Mike Gusecki. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have another receiver as well who's a decent focus for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that offense for the Dolphins is definitely stacked. Um, See, if if I was more confident in their ability to like get to and go through the playoffs, I would say with all the debate going about, this could be a good option for OBJ signing up to a team with the just adding another quick uh, decent route runner wide receiver so then there's three options instead of the two yeah yeah I can see it make the the, the defensive coverage all, almost impossible absolutely absolutely yeah I can I can see the logic there I can see the logic for definite um just because the, the, I know the the biggest thing at the moment is like people want him to sign at the Cowboys, and I don't really see it personally. No, but I mean, much like there was a couple of year ago, like 
this this OBJ hype is just seems to dominate the the circles all around and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I I I, I personally don't care where he goes. Um, like I wish him well, but I don't think there's a team at the moment where he can be a difference maker like he was with the Rams. You know what I mean? Like Packers. I think I don't think Packers problems are wide receiver led. Um there's there's a lot more like clash of characters and whatnot where an OBJ signing might not help those clashes of characters. It just makes more clashes. Well that's that's my question, yeah. So I don't I don't I don't think it's a good signing um in that kind of regards. In the regards of just having a veteran wide receiver on the team, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the trouble is, I say, like you've got really good guys in Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tonyan, like then that running game of those two guys. It's just, I think this is more of a schematic error for Packers rather than like we've got no big names on the team. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm thinking that this is pretty, pretty easy. Dolphins win. Yeah, um, yeah. That's why we haven't really talked about the game a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just looking at like the Texans' schedule of what they've played so far. So, pretty much, I think it's about like one or two games. Every time they've lost, they've lost by at least ten points. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's only the. Denver game where they, they still lost by seven, and the Chicago game was by three points. Okay, they were the only in, in quotations close games. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think this is going to be an absolute stormer for the Dolphins? Then, I mean, I, don't, I think I'm thinking Texans are at least getting in double digits. It's not going to be one of them where they're like shut out or kept to like one field goal for the entire game, but yeah. Uh, I'd say at least a two-point game. Okay, interesting, interesting. I can I can get behind that. I can get behind like maybe like a thirty-one seventeen victory or something like that. I also got really confused looking at the thing, just because uh, it's the matchup predictor, but that's usually where the like possession timer is, and it really it looked like Houston had the ball for five minutes of the entire game I was like what the fuck <laughs> amazing alright moving on to our next one uh, we are talking about the Chicago Bears going into the New York Jets um, not into them but into New Jersey where the New York Jets play um, this is a prediction game the first prediction game of this week um, <laughs> oh boy Chicago really, you know, as as I said earlier in the program, the worst team in the NFC. Um, and New York in that really tough AFC East division, um, where it looks like, you know, most of those teams can actually get out of the division into the playoffs. On paper, for me, this is a New York win, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of problems with this New York team. Starting with their, you know, guy under center Zach Wilson coming back, and really not firing as much as he needs to. 
Um, how do you see it going uh, for this New York team? So, <clears throat> I was thinking this game mm-hmm. would be highly focused on the Jets' defense. Okay. The offense, I'm not sure, really. It's either going to be a Wilson-to-Wilson connection mm-hmm. game or a um, give my is it Michael Carter they're running back? Yeah, yeah, Michael Carter. As, mu- as much as possible and try and repeat what they've done in the, the first start of the season with Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Zach Wilson and himself, I, I don't think he's got what it takes personally. Don't get me wrong, I think he's he already has edged out a few wins and he will probably edge out a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be a, a dominant force. don't think he's got enough to do that. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, he's not got great stats for this year. Um, and I'd be surprised... If he continues going the path, down the path he's going, I'd be surprised if they don't bring in Joe Flacco for the second half. Like, sorry. Yeah. Am I done? I think so. I think so. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in um, Joe Flacco again um, just to kind of round out the season Um, because whilst you know Zach Wilson they're saying is their guy Joe Flacco seems to be a consistent figure um, and be able to bring a bit of consistency to the team I agree with you with the the Michael Carter assessment Um, funnily enough he's still not got more yards or touchdowns than Brees Hall and Brees Hall's been out for like four five six weeks so, it just shows how, I mean, either explosive that that Hall was or that it's been harder to replace him. I think it's definitely that he is explosive and it was hard to replace. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Chicago, one of the worst offences in the league. Um but one of the best scrambling QBs. Um, so, um, yeah, I, go I for did it. want to mention something that um, you know, I've, we've spoke about uh, QBs being sacked. Yeah. Okay, so Joe Burrow, after week 10, still six, sits at 32 sacks overall. He is also Drew with another quarterback who has had 32 sacks, Russell Wilson. Oh, and Justin Fields has gone all the way up to what? What week is that? That's week eleven. Um, he's been sacked forty times now oh. this season. Oh, oh dear, oh dear, Jesus. I don't even know what to so, say about that. We'd possibly be looking at like sixty plus sacks. Do you think this Jets offense has enough to kind of 
go toe to toe and, and, and sack him as, as much as the other teams? I don't think they have an, enough to, you know, yeah, put that pressure on and, and be the like sack stars themselves, but yeah. I think the Bears all line of their own worst enemy and just sort of cause uh, the issues themselves anyway. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's down to them rather than the actual defense being amazing, unfortunately. There you go. There you go. Um, um, yeah. One of the best teams on scrambling out of the pocket, though, Justin Fields, is once he senses that pressure and is able to escape, um, he, he is able to do a lot. Are we now at a point where we're actually actively telling Justin Fields that, look, as soon as you sense a minuscule amount of pressure, I want you out of that pocket and down the field somewhere? I would say, minute like especially going against uh, this sort of Jets defense. Uh, I would say like out of the pocket, scramble as fast as you can. Okay. Uh, I would, uh, in all honesty, this game sort of. I, I would basically tell Fields, use your legs, overusing your arm. Mhm. Hundred percent. I would go with the strategy of run it rather than throw it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um. If that strategy is used, is it enough to beat this New York team, or is it just going to be enough to keep it close? Yeah, I don't think it's enough to beat. It, it possibly be enough to keep it close, but not enough to, to beat. Okay, okay. Um, prediction time. Let's go for it. Uh, do you want to start, or should I? Um, I, I don't mind starting. Okay, there you go. Um, I think... I was going to say that the Bears are better on offense and the Jets are better on defense, but it's not that the Bears are better on offense. It's just that Fields is better on offense than Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I, w- I would go for the Jets' win with this one. Even if it's close by like a field goal, I, I think the Jets would be uh, pulling this one through. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, I, you know, I can't in good conscience like uh vote for this bears team so i am going to agree with you with the jets um and i agree with you for what you said i think like as much as i believe that justin fields is a great asset to this offense it's not going to be enough um nowhere near enough for this this team i mean i'm just looking at now just to add to not only being sacked 40 times he, uh, within those sacks, has been pushed back 240 yards. Bloody hell. Very shot. Yeah, the the, uh, the yeah. Bears team is the uh, number one team that we need to be sort the fucking O-line out. Yeah, definitely. Season. Definitely. Okay, moving on to the next game. Uh, we are talking about the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup in my head. Uh, Cincinnati have not been as explosive or well-rounded as they have last year, and obviously we're constantly talking about those O-line issues. But then the Tennessee Titans have been so one-dimensional 
in their play. Like, they've just not been able to get what they need out of a receiving core. Um, and as they've been heavily, heavily leaning on uh, the likes of Derek Henry and whatnot, which is expected when you've got him himself, uh, King Derek, to go. How do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, like you said, 100% focus on Derek Henry for the Titans. Um, yeah, I, I agree that the Bengals haven't been as well-rounded, but I still think they're a decently well-rounded team, especially when you do look at the Titans, who are literally just give it to Derek Henry. Yeah. Or even, <laughs> for somehow, put Derek Henry under centre. And yeah. still get a touchdown from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, they, although they still don't have the likes of Jamar Chase back, who, as far as I'm aware, is like back on his feet. I don't know. I don't think he's been back to training yet. Okay. Uh, so we're not going to see him for a few weeks at the very least. Um, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Yeah, I think he's he's still got these decent and safe targets to mm-hmm. get to who are quite clearly still getting him the yards and points that they need. It's just whether it'll be enough against, if it is switched on on the day, a switched on Titans defence. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the all-line issues that we've discussed many a time before. Yeah, it's, it feels like, you know... A sentence we say synonymously with the Bears are wasting Justin Fields' career. It's like the Bengals are wasting Joe Burrow's legs because they can't get an O-line in place. Yeah. He, he, I think he he might just like finish his contract with the... Or like his rookie contract with the Bengals and possibly not be able to fill out another one because he just doesn't have knees anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he just he walks around like Seamus from Family Guy, where his legs are completely straight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still expect him to still throw like you know three thousand yards in a season just to Jamar Chase, if even if he can't move his legs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He, even if it. The thing is though, even if he couldn't move his legs like that, he'd still have the same problems that he does with like not knowing properly how to slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Even if he plays in like those Forrest Gump sort of uh, sort of braces from the start of the film, he'll still be able to, <laughs> yeah. to to struggle to get over there, but throw a thousand yards without even thinking about it. Um, Tennessee, um, what do they need to do to win this game? Other than, sorry. We all know their strategy is going to be give it to Derek and see how it goes. But defensively, what do they need to keep them in the running? Because I, I think this is going to be a Bengals win, but only just mm. because of how one-dimensional the the, the Tennessee Titans are and how dynamic and how many ways that the Bengals can beat you. Is there a way that the... Bengals defense can make it more interesting or is it just going to be work on that rush defense so Titans defense and to be fair any defense going against the Bengals if they mm. want to you know, stay in the running <coughs> just for bullets 
blitz yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee that that will work. That is literally my only thought on it. Just blitz the fuck out of that really yeah. bad Bengals O-line. Because even if Burrow does get a pass out, he'll be under immense pressure to do it. So if he does, he'll either be a shit throw mm -hmm. or have to be a quick, low yardage throw. Yeah. Okay. Easily done. And Tennessee, how do they? Uh, how do they give? Sorry, not and Bengals defense. Uh, how do they keep it going? How do they give their their you know this heavily blitzing Titans? Defense. How do they then protect their offense by, uh, you know, keeping the Tennessee Titans away from the end zone? Is it simply just stop at Derrick Henry? Yeah, I think they need to employ the tactic, like the the strategy of uh, like rugby players do, where it's three men in every tackle, okay. two up high, one round the legs. Okay. Stop doing the one man on Derrick Henry because <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> See one fall off and then another one <laughs> shows up. Is it? They thought you were in a video game. It's like, haha! Now you're up against me. Would I am stronger than the? Oh my god! <laughs> Brilliant. Um, winner for this game. What do you think? Just because the they're still quite dynamic, I would expect the Bengals to win this one. Okay. Okay. Moving on to the. Oh, sorry. Yep. The, the, this would be one of those few games that I'm very unsure of. Mm, definitely. Uh, this is an on-the-day type game. Definitely, definitely. Uh, talking of a game I'm very unsure about, uh, we're moving on to the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Commanders. Five and six Falcons going to the six and five Commanders. Um, two very, yeah, so-so teams. Um, with potentially heavy playoff implications... What are you seeing from this game uh, that I should actually say as well is a prediction game? Ooh. Um, so, one thing that's going to be weird this game is I don't think the Falcons are going to have a decent tight end in the game because Cal Pitts is on injured reserve now. Uh, as far as I'm always done something to his leg. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, I think he needs to go into surgery for it. And then I'm pretty sure their next backup was Felipe Franks, who was the rookie QB last year. Yeah. Who is currently down as questionable. So I don't know if they'll actually be playing a tight end this game. Yeah. Um, they might just focus on Drake London, uh, Zacchaeus, and Bird. And then any other time, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's just running back and passing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. Um, what do you make of the news that Tyler Heineke has been named starter over Carson Wentz? Ooh, I haven't heard that news. Are you not? So yeah. the the story as I know it. Let me just see if I can put it up. Um, I mean, as of today's date, Carson Wentz is still on injured reserve. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I'm pretty sure this week, week 12, was the week he, he should have been coming back from his... Because it was a 
the same injury that Dak had with his hand. Yeah. Which was what he said four to six weeks, so maybe he's just having a harder time recovering from it. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's still down his injured reserve. See, the the story I read the other day was that Ron Rivera had named Heineke the starter for the rest of the season because of uh, Wentz's injury and because of how well Heineke had been doing going into this season. Um, and that Heineke had come out and said, you know, this is what I've been working for, this is everything, you know, I've always wanted to be named a star of X, Y, Z. Wentz has come out and said, well... I thought this was the point of, you know, the, the the reserve spot is that you're not meant to lose your job if you get injured. Um, but then it's come out and said, look, I'll do everything I can to support Taylor. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm wanting my job back sort of situation. So I, I'm re- reading a report from it's three days ago at the moment. So it was uh, reported on the 20th of November. Mm-hmm. It just says... Uh, Ron Rivera um, needed only one word to describe why he's sticking with Tyler Heineke, which is winning. Um, because whilst they've had Heineke, they are four and one. Yeah, there you go. Whereas what was it before that? That would have been two and four with Wentz. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I completely understand it. But yeah. Uh, I get why Wentz would be a bit pissed off, especially like with the amount they traded yeah. for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then, looking at the other dynamics on this Washington team, you got uh, Antonio Gibson, Tyrone McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and whatnot. Is that going to be enough to open up a, a reasonable uh, Falcons kind of? I was going to say defence, but they've not been a reasonable defence. They've been pretty all over the place. Um, well, I know one person they got back last week was uh, AJ Terrell. Yeah. But um, unless the Wash- unless Washington have a certain player like um, the Bears did with Cole Komet, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that tackle where he caught the ball one-handed midair. I did, AJ yeah. AJ Terrell went right into the side of him and he still managed to keep hold. Yeah, yeah, it was um, impressive. Damn impressive. I th- yeah, I think that, that was clearly like, he's got the size and the strength to keep his composure, whereas other players, maybe like a, a you know a smaller, thinner-framed wide receiver may have gone spinning a little bit and lost the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think unless they've got that calibre of like tight end or sized wide receiver um, things might not go as well for their receiving core yeah yeah. Uh, but I do think that they've definitely got a chance to put some points on the board fair enough fair enough um, prediction time you started last time I'll go first this time it's a tough one it's a very tough one I think it literally could go either way and I'd be about as as useful as a coin flip right now. Oh, this is this is a tough one. I'm wanting to say the Falcons, but I'm not convinced by it. But my first thought is to say the Falcons, so I'm going to stick with that. 
Okay, so you're going. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. Okay. Um, because of this game being this way, I, w- I was going to go Falcons. Mm-hmm. But I think just to keep it a bit spicy, I might go Commanders. Okay, okay. The, the, the thing is, on, on the day, if the Falcons can't get the run through... Yeah. Regardless of that happening, they will stick with the run, you know, play. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Um, and that will, you know, fuck them. They won't be able to put the points that they need to put up. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't happen, they're in with a chance. Yeah, yeah. So, if for the, the commanders, really, you're wanting to see them shut down Cordero Patterson yeah. and Algier to, to win this. And, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to see a big game out of. Patterson and Algier then. Yeah, I'm thinking the likes of like their defenders on the or I think if fucking Chase Young might be able to shut down the Yeah. The rush quite well, but he's down as questionable so he might not even fucking play. That's fair. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Alright. I'll stick with the commanders just to keep it spicy. Yeah, sticking. Let's do it. Okay, so You've gone Commanders, I've gone Falcons. Let's start the late window of Sunday. Uh, we're going to, from all the way over in Washington to Los Angeles. No, to Arizona. There we go. Uh, so we're going Los Angeles Chargers at Arizona Cardinals. Um, both pretty average teams. 5-5 uh, and five Chargers, 4-7 and seven Arizona. Um... Yeah, as far as I'm aware as well, I'm pretty sure Mori is still injured. That's what I saw, yeah. Colt McCoy is set to be the starter for this game for the Cardinals. Actually, Uh, 11 minutes ago, Cardinals expect Kyler Mori to return against the Chargers. Oh, okay. Okay, some hot off the presses news. I like it, I like it. Does that change it for you? How you think this game is going to go? Kyler Murray versus Colt McCoy? Um, not, not particularly because I'm less focused on the QB position with this mm-hmm. Cardinals team and more on the actual receiving core. Okay, yeah, tell me about um, it. Obviously DeAndre Hopkins, very safe element, but I don't think he's been used as much as he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Ertz was very safe, but he's out currently. Yeah, Marquise Brown would have been, you know would have been a good shout to have Brown and Hopkins on at the same time, but Marquise Brown has been on injured reserve since like week five or something. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, one day more still questionable. Two of the fucking receivers are questionable and injured reserve. Yeah, <laughs> they've got they're yeah. actually being plagued quite a bit by injuries. Yeah, it's one of those games where no matter what, I think whoever is starting under centre for the Cardinals is going to have to employ a heavy run game and potentially scramble out of the pocket because I just don't think this Cardinals team has a receiver other than DeAndre Hopkins that is going to be a good out for them. So if you're this Chargers defence, you're making sure that... Uh, Hopkins has at least one good cornerback on him at all times. So, like, the <clears throat> the receivers that I can see that 
look like they're going to be main are DeAndre Hopkins, Robbie Anderson, AJ Green, and at tight end, it'd be Trey McBride. Yeah, see, Robbie Anderson okay. had a devastatingly bad end to his career at Carolina um, and has and made no have, impact. Yeah, he's had a shit start to his Carolina career. I yeah. Cardinals career. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they'll be going to him a lot. I don't, like, in the run game, the run game, to me, would be more because I don't see James Conner doing much. No, no, I completely agree with you. If you're the Cardinals head coach, are you wanting to put Kyler Murray back in, knowing what he's going to have to do? Or are you going to sacrifice Colt uh, McCoy uh, to another loss and potentially like seeing how he runs this offense? Um, because I just don't see this being a very well-run offense going into this game without you know, any kind of actual weapon available. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of them, like, if I was a, a coach, because it's so far into the season now, it'd be hard to justify sacrificing for a loss to keep Murray for other games to try and get wins. Yeah. Because this had put them at 4-8. and eight. Yeah. They would literally have to win every other game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get a winning season um, and I don't think they could win every other game even with Murray in there the only thing I'd be looking at really is like the week after they have the Patriots obviously Belichick's got a big defensive mind so yeah. I'd be wanting my QB1 Murray on the field for that one yeah. maybe risking him to injury this week would be too much and I'd put McCoy out to save Murray for next week but yeah at the moment, because yeah, because it's so late in the season, they've already occurred those seven losses. It, it's hard to be like, oh, we can just take an L this week and then make up for it. If no, it I absolutely four, agree. I completely understand, but yeah, at the moment, it, it, yeah, they're too they're too far gone. But I mean, is that not the same for their actual season? I mean, they are, you know, four and seven. They need to, at the very least catch up to and I didn't think I'd be saying it this year the Seahawks to take away their so they need their, their two wins behind the Seahawks they need to topple them to be able to make a shot of getting into the playoffs let alone then tackling the 49ers as well like this is a massive mountain to climb for them now obviously the NFC West there's not a lot in it Again, the the 49ers are only a 6-4 and four win team. But do you really have to win all of those games to then, you know, take on a team like, you know, the 49ers and Seahawks? <clears throat> I, will, I will say yes. Okay. Solely because they only have one more division game left against the 49ers, which is their last game of the season. Right. Every other divisional game... They have lost bar one. Oof. So yeah. they don't. Ha- they don't have the. Oh, you know, we're we're up because of divisional wins. Yeah. Card on yeah. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They can't play for the top, one of the top four spots. They have to play to get in those, just like squeak in the door. Mhm. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that 49ers game will be a loss for them as well because the only one they've won is against the Rams. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So, they need to play as best they can, but Chargers, explosive team, not doing as well as they need to. Um, is their defense enough to shut them down? Is their offense enough to put up points? Obviously, one of the biggest gripes about this team for me is their, that Austin Eckler running game. Um, but, you know, I'm always a big fan of Justin Herbert and how he can sling the ball up and down the field. <sighs> that offense, what, what do you think? Are they going to throw up enough points to make it not even close? I don't think it would be not not close. I think it, it could be a, a one-score game. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be within a kick, but I think it could be a one-score game. Okay. The, like the, this is a weird matchup because this is two teams who are pretty much played by injury. Mm. But looking at their like depth charts at the moment, it seems that the Chargers' defense is where most of their injuries lie. Right. Uh, well, or at least they have a, almost twice as many, uh, if not more, injuries and especially injured reserves on the defense than the offensive side. Whereas the Cardinals seem to have more. Um, issues on the offense. Okay, okay. So, injury-stricken defense versus injury-stricken offense. Healthy-looking offense, healthier-looking offense versus healthy-looking defense. Then. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so yeah, literally, <laughs> either injured reserve or out. Seven out on the Cardinals offense, seven out on the Chargers defense. Jesus. And that's just injured reserve. That doesn't count the questionables. Oof. That's in injured reserves and outs. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Wow, okay. Um, gun to your head, you have to choose the winner of this game. Who are you going? I'd go Chargers. I think uh, even with their uh, issues on the, you know, defensive side injury wise I think they've got the more complete team that are actually left over um, to put up the points and <clears throat> like you said you've not enjoyed Eckler's running game this season mm -hmm. um, because, <laughs> because of the Cardinals you know like alright they've got some players you know good on defence I think they've been having issues this season mm -hmm. especially in the receiving um, form I think, yeah, again, he'll just put up decent numbers as an extra receiver. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I just, I don't, I can't trust this Cardinals team at the moment um, to see him through. All right, moving on. We're looking at the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, <clears throat> this weird, weird season for both teams in terms of, you know, we expected less of the Seahawks, we expected more of the Vegas Raiders. Um, who comes out on top of this matchup and why for you? Seahawks would come out on top. Mm -hmm. I just think they have the better mindset for it. Yeah. Yeah, I plain and simple, that, that's, that's all I can put it down to. Yeah, I... I yeah, it's, it's hard to summarise it, you know, better than that. Like, Seahawks have gone into this season 
everybody's gone this a down and out season for them but they're like no we're fucking competitors we're gonna go out here and we're gonna show you our tits and 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 actually make <laughs> this money um whereas i think the vegas raiders have gone in going we've we done so well last year we've only improved this season we're just going to go out with the most relaxed mindset and then get stomped on every single week um Devontae Adams is slowly getting himself together in this kind of offense and I say slowly like he didn't score two touchdowns in a couple of games sort of thing and he's the you know the, the, the he's got the most amount of touchdowns on this team but I just don't well, by, by slowly, I know what you mean because he's he's gone from being average to bottom of the receiving targeted player, yeah, to the main receiving, yeah, uh, yeah, player on that va- that Raiders uh, offense, <coughs> and I think as well that's down to their uh, offensive planning where they they seem to have switched a lot a lot of the from the run game to the passing game, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that will match up against a team with a decent defense mm-hmm. because a lot of the time last year, the second that Carr seemed to have any form of pressure on him, all right, he wasn't getting sacked, but he was <clears throat> instantly chucking it out to the sideline. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and by by any stretch of the ma- imagination, I don't think the Seahawks' defense is this big, scary, amazing thing. But they are better than the teams that the Raiders have played and still got beat by. Yeah. So the Seahawks might have a not an easy time at it, but a decent time, especially with them using Kenneth Walker on there. He's been a, a very good asset to their run game, especially with Rashad Penny being out. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure when he went down, they lost all faith in their run game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, Josh Jacobs' running game has been awesome for the the Raiders, but they've just not been able to capitalize on it. Um, are they still going to lean towards that way, or do you think they are going to stick with their momentum right now and try and go more throwing and, and bomb it down? I I, li- I think that <clears throat> they're in Vegas. They're going to go for what they put all their chips on, which is yeah. Adams. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but you're saying Seahawks because they're the more disciplined and whatnot team. It's hard to disagree with that. It's hard to disagree with that. But I think Vegas are going to eke out a win um, in one of the most unlikely of circumstances. And I didn't think I'd be saying that about the Seahawks this year. By eke out a win, are you, are you saying like we're going to see the return of a Daniel Carson walk-off win? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last week. No, we didn't see it last week. Um, we came close to seeing it last week. Um, oh, yeah, no, last week was a lot um, more of a slap in the face for the other team. Yeah, definitely. Then. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Vegas have uh, got just enough and they're, they're going to capitalise on a little bit of momentum. Um, okay, moving on to the next game. We're talking about the Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, very quick, quickly, because I don't think we need to say a lot about this game. 8-2 um, and two Kansas City Chiefs are going to demolish the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't even need to explain why. Because Stafford's out, Cup's out, 
who else are they going to have to actually put up points? And it's well, the fucking LA uh, Kansas City Chiefs. It's just, just no doubt. Yeah. Not not only have they got uh, Stafford out and Cup out, they also have uh, John Walford. Oh yeah, yeah, their backups out as well. Yeah. Questionable. So it's Bryce, Bryce Perkins, Bryce. I think it is. Okay. Bryce. No, Bryce. B r y c e. That's Bryce, right? No, nah, that's Bryce. Are you pulling my dick right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, get off! It can't stretch that far. Um, uh oh. Yeah, I, I completely get you with this. Chiefs absolutely fucking dominant. Have many of many options, so it's not going to be them a, a problem getting past this. As you've said, and I'm starting to really agree with you. Overrated Rams defense. Ain't it just? Yeah. All right. On that bombshell, I'm going to move on because I say I don't think this is an interesting enough game to actually spend five minutes talking about. I'm going to move on to our next game, which is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, at the San Francisco 49ers um, Andrew Wait. Dalton being named as their main guy over uh, Jameis Winston um, a little bit of a lacklustre Saints offence with the under kind of performing Kamara and the all over the place Alave sort of thing um, versus a good Shanahan-led 49ers team with very explosive um, players in like McCaffrey, Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. What? Where do you see this going? And how do how do the Saints give themselves a chance to win this game? Um, so I'm not sure about the Saints giving themselves a chance. Uh, yeah. Kamara's been lackluster for past few games, so I don't think he's going to have any effect. Uh, and as much as Olave is like this standout receiver for them, I was just looking at his like total stats for this season. Um, he's only got three touchdowns this season. Um, yeah. For the, how much he's being used, I, I would have. <coughs> he'd got a lot more. Um, but I think that maybe down to the. Uh, brushing game or receiving game when uh, like what's he fucking called tight end yep was playing I forgot his name um, and then yeah the amount of like mistakes and interceptions they've had yeah yeah definitely just, uh, ridiculous on the other side yeah 49ers I think are good in both offence and defence this season yeah, I uh, definitely think the defense is stronger than the offense, but still the offense is strong. Yeah, Especially gotcha. the amount of like names they have on there. They're a, they're a bit like a B side Chiefs at the moment. You know, I see it. I absolutely see it. Yeah, so it's Chiefs have Kelsey, Forty Nine have Kittle, and that's okay. where the comparison ends. I'm, yeah, I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting other players' names. <laughs> But yeah, I'm forgetting the other Chiefs players' names to compare. But yeah, obviously they've got they've got Kittle, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey now. Brandi- Brandon Ayuk is their rec- like league receiver. 
yeah. league leader in receiving this season. Um, and I think, yeah, that they're doing a lot of mixed match plays that are making it all a lot harder for defences to read and cover, which is playing to the strength of Garoppolo not exactly being like this top tier quarterback, but when he can make something, is making something. Yeah. So giving him as many options as possible helps them out tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 49ers, B-side Chiefs. Both playing red. See it. I see it. Um, I agree with you. I don't think there's a lot that the Saints can... You know, this, this Saints team needs to have, like, a really bloody good defence... Um, to go ahead and stop the 49ers and I just don't think they've got it um, and then it's like oh can the can the Saints outscore the 49ers and I just don't think they can um, they no, have on, got to do so much work to win this game and I just don't think they, they actually are able to put it down on paper yeah unless the Saints have this magic week where every time they get a pass off they're in open space and are able to run in an extra 30 yards. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't see this one in, and especially with the likes of like Fred Warner on their defense and stuff. Yeah. They, they're they good at covering. And if the, if not good at covering, they're good at shutting it down within, I'd say, at least five yards of the catch. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so we're both thinking the 49ers are going to take this. All right. Moving on to our Sunday night game, we are talking about the Green Bay Packers going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Tough matchup for the Packers. Um, So, I I think because because of the records... Even you, I'm pretty sure you're thinking this will be an Eagles win with them being at home. But because of obviously you Packers fan, mm-hmm. what what exactly do the Packers need to put up the biggest fight that they can to either like you know get this as close as possible or go for the win? See, this is a, as you say, this is a difficult one because what, yeah. Well, what what pro- what problem needs to be magically resolved before this game starts? Uh, Aaron Rodgers' thumb and ability to listen to Matt Lafour's scheme. Um, the thing is, defensively, we saw them do so well um, in certain situations. But get trounced on the run game, especially that game against the Titans. Um, Jalen Hurts is a good scrambler, and then you've got Miles Sanders who can pump in a good game when he needs to. So, if you're thinking about it, that the Packers are already behind because of that purely on that run defense. And then if they go too far, they put too much pressure on the likes of Walker to to be that spy um, and then they don't put enough in the secondary uh, or the safety position, they're going to beat you over the top with like Devonta Smith and AJ Brown so defensively they're already behind in this game, the Packers are already behind on this game you look at that offence and it has so much potential 
to run all over you with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, like those two explosive guys. And then just as you're being lured into thinking, okay, I need to go heavy on the run offense, uh, sorry, the run defense, they can beat you over the top with the speed, absolute pure speed and breakout performance that Christian Watson has pumped in over the past two weeks. Romeo Dobbs, even though he's, I think he's out injured for this game again, uh, could beat you. But then Alan Lazard can do well. Bobby Tunyon can do well. They have the potential to put up massive amounts of points, but just seem to stutter too much when it comes down to actually mattering. So, as I say, there are a lot of things that are indicating a Packers loss to me. And if it's going to work, the defense needs to play a blinder. And the scheme of run hard, play action pass, beat them on speed needs to come in so goddamn clutch. It's unreal. Yeah, so um, Romeo Dubs is currently down as something that I've not seen before because usually it just says questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a D next to his, which is doubtful. Doubtful, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen it a few times on like certain things, but yeah. I feel like that's just the same, and all I thought was, oh, fucking alpacas. You just have to be different, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was just looking at uh, Roger's his stats over his you know, career. Yeah. Because obviously he's, he's through seven inceptions already this season. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So the last time he threw seven interceptions was 2016. Okay. And that was over the course of the full 16-week season. Yeah. Um, so I think the closest comparison I can get is 2013. He only played nine games and threw six receptions. Yeah. So... I believe that was the year Deshaun Kaiser took over as quarterback and they did not play well. And strangely, he's, he's now full uh, through a full 100 interceptions. That's not going to do well for his pride. Yeah, I mean, he's known as one of the safest passes of the ball. Um, he'd rather throw it into the crowd than throw it in a risky coverage. Um, yeah. And I'll say, like, over the past couple of years, he's been able to throw it into risky coverage, knowing that Devontae Adams could make a play on it and go from there. But yeah, I don't think he's got that guy this year that he's trusting, even though... The likes of Dobbs and uh, Lazard and Christian Watson have been good for him. Um, it's still been not great. Yeah, because the weirdest thing to me is, uh, wasn't there a game where he threw four interceptions in one game? I think he threw three interceptions in three. one game. Okay, but I was thinking, I was thinking it was four, and I was thinking that was as many interceptions he threw the entire season last season. Yeah. So. Things definitely aren't going well in that uh, no, section. No, definitely not. But definitely yeah, um, not. Even if Packers can magically get rid of some of those issues, do you think they're in a chance of winning against this well, Eagles team? If they can do everything I've said, then yes, I believe that they can beat this Eagles team. Alright, realistically now. Realistically now, I don't think so. I think this is going to be the game that ends 
the Packers' playoff chances. Um, because it would just put them so far out of reach of NFC opponents that they just won't be able to come back from it. Yeah, because what would they go to? Was it, is it four and eight? Four and eight. So then you've, in the situation, like you said, with Arizona, if the Packers lose this game, they need to win every single other game to get a winning record and hope that's enough. But I think in the NFC right now, you really need to look at getting 10 wins to get through to the playoff. <coughs> what about yourself? You no, agreeing I'm, with me? I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking this is an Eagles win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think fair they, had a, enough. They, had a, they had a blip, um, and then they're just going to come back strong and finish the yeah. season strong. Okay. Moving on to our last game of this week, the Monday night football game. We are talking Pittsburgh Steelers and Indianapolis Colts. And yes, yes, oh yes, this is our third and final prediction game of this week. Steelers not looking fantastic. Indianapolis under Jeff Saturday are looking okay. Surprisingly better than I thought, but still with a lot of problems um coming into this initial impressions of both teams um and, and what do you think that between the two coaches of the like the veteran mike tomlin and the amateur jeff saturday who do you think's got the better chance of coming away with a victory see i feel like strangely the colts have the better chance of coming away with the victory but that's just because of the of the pieces they have on the board compared mm-hmm. to the Steelers. Because the strength at the moment that lies in the Steelers is the Steelers' defence. Yeah. Their, their offence is very hit and miss. Um, and we've said before, like, even when Claypool was there, they didn't have, like, the best receivers. Yeah. And they've just, they've just basically got rid of another option. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the best way for the Steelers to win this, really, would be... Uh, Najee Harris having a standout game but he's not played that well this season so I don't think that's going to happen at all yeah yeah I, I, I agree with you he's been very hit and miss for quite a while um, I think Kenny Pickett had a good game last week um, but I don't think it was enough to kind of put a staple uh, you know, on it on his is the start of his great career. Um, him and Pickens seem to be developing a good chemistry. I hope that's able to continue. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. I think that the the Colts have the more on the table at the moment that can make an immediate impact in this game, um, and actually tip it towards a Colts victory. Um, I think Saturday knows enough about this Colts identity to be able to get the most out of it, um, which you know I never thought I'd say is a guy who'd come into the NFL having never even coached a um, a college football game. So yeah, quite surprised by the turn of events going on. Where where do the Steelers need to improve over the 
the course of this season to actually put themselves in a contending spot for next season? I honestly think that they just need the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even for the players that already exist at that club. Or that franchise, I should say. I was going to say, calling them a club is like so British of you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> obviously, definitely the quarterback position. Yeah. Needs as much experience as possible. And then, with that experience comes the sort of like um, leadership <coughs> knowledge and qualities that will enhance the receiving game as well yeah so I think I think it's li- literally just time fair enough fair enough um, it, yeah I, I do think it, the teams that the Steelers have gone against and Pickett's played these are built up and already well-rounded defences. So even a veteran QB yeah. would struggle against them Okay, for certain teams. So I think, yeah, definitely just time and experience. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it, really. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. You started out this week predicting. Do you want to start this game, or should I go first? So, <clears throat> I want the Steelers to win. Yep. But I think that the Colts will come out with the win. Okay. Okay. So you're going Colts. Just, yeah, I'm going Colts. I just think they've they've got the more. Uh, experienced and defined not only like unit but play styles yeah I think it'll be a lot harder for them especially on offense to get past certain defensive members like what being back on the pitch yeah as he proved last week but yeah I think they'll they'll be able to uh, sniff out this rookie QB and smell blood Okay. This is a tough one. Um, I want to agree with you and say the Colts. But also, I want to get... Start to claw you back in. (laughs) You know, you're still three games ahead of me and I'm not going to do that by agreeing with you. I'm also not going to do that by losing games to you. So, I'm going to go a bit of a wild card. I think we're going to see the return of Steelers' defence. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I want the Steelers to win. I think the Steelers are going to win. I don't think the Steelers are going to win. Um, I, I want them to win as well, but unfortunately I don't think they're going to win either. No, no. But I think I need to... I'm at that point in the season where I need to be a little bit more divergent from you. To, to try and get you reeled in. Unfortunately, as you have proven, you know, last season and this season, you get, uh, you do better at predictions most of the time. <laughs> I mean, last season was was only just. Only just, but you were ahead for the most most of it, I think. 
I think there was actually a, a swap and change at one point. Yeah. Where I was ahead, you went ahead, and then I got the lead again right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Bastard. Um, okay. <laughs> well, that is the roundup of week 12. Um, all games have now been predicted. The votes are in. And also, it's a game where no teams are on a bye. So yep. we've got a lot of bloody games this week. Um, we have a lot of them. We have got a lot of them. Just to round up everything from this podcast that you've just listened to. Uh, Bears at Jets. We've both gone the Jets. Falcons at Commanders. Smith has gone Commanders. I have gone Falcons. Steelers at Colts. Smith has gone Colts. And I have gone Steelers. Um, listen to our roundup of week 11 coming soon and don't forget to listen next week where we'll do this all again but with week 13 um thank you for listening i have been your host as usual the unusual greg unusual underscore greg on twitter and instagram he has been smith which is the rs underscore 994 on instagram and instagram only and obviously this has been the brick cave blitz brick cave blitz on twitter and instagram thank you so much for listening and as always, as a go, Pat, go. I'm so sweaty. Bridget Blitz! Lovely.